This is Just a Thought, episode number 26, Worth vs. Results. Hello, my beautiful friends. We've made it to March. There's a lot going on. Today, I just wanted to add on to last week's episode about loving and caring for ourselves as the prerequisite to loving anyone else. I want to fill in some gaps on why we are always worth loving and why those around us are always worth loving. I plan to talk about something else this week, but at the very last minute, I changed my mind. So, I ask you, how do you know what something or someone is worth? A woman named Christina Matthews said, As human beings, one of the things that we do to understand our world is to create systems of meaning that help us organize the sensations, experiences, and objects we encounter. We've created categories such as nationality, race, ethnicity, sex, religious affiliation, political party, marital status, and so on to organize and make sense of humankind's diversity. However, too often we use these seemingly descriptive systems to determine the worth of others. These human-made hierarchies of value can cause division, contention, and skewed understanding of self-worth. Conversely, God's system of valuing us promotes connection compassion, and love. We are his children. He loves us unconditionally, eternally, and unchangingly. Our worth is infinite because we are his daughters and sons. No one spirit is more valuable than the other. So why then do we fall short of loving and measuring right God's children? We read in Doctrine and Covenants 18.10 that the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. But do we really believe that? Close quote. In religious settings, some conversations about worthiness can make it confusing to differentiate between worth and worthiness. Worthiness for baptism or for a temple recommend is similar to prerequisite requirements to go to college or get a degree. A person with a PhD is fundamentally worth as much as someone who doesn't have one but only those who achieve the requirements of the degree can be qualified to attend higher classes and eventually attain that title. Sometimes people think that if they or others are unworthy to attend the temple, serve a mission, or anything similar, then they are worth less. But it's just not true. Christina Matthews also quoted a play called Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansberry. I'd never heard of it, but I love this thought. She says, the younger family is poor and black, living in Southside Chicago after World War II. The degradations of racist housing and hiring practices have worn them out, eating away at familial relationships and draining each individual of hope. At the beginning of the third act, the younger family is reeling from the news that Walter Lee Younger's actions have lost the small inheritance that could have helped them better their situation. His sister Benita turns against him, saying he is no longer a man but a toothless rat. Her mother corrects her, reminding her that she taught her to love him, to which Benita replies, Love him? There's nothing left to love. Indeed, the oppressive weight of racism has told the youngers that they are worth nothing so many times they are starting to believe it. Yet Mama says rightly, in this memorable speech, There is always something left to love, child. When do you think is the time to love somebody the most? When they done good and made things easy for everybody? Well, then you ain't through learning because that ain't the time at all. It's when he's at his lowest and can't believe in himself, because the world done whipped him so. 
When you start measuring somebody, measure him right, child. Measure him right. Make sure you done taken into account what hills and valleys he come through before he got to wherever he is. Mama reminds Benita that all individuals are of worth, that there is always something to love, and that we must rethink how we measure each other. Ultimately, she argues that correct measurement is not contingent on external factors, but instead is based upon one's immutable worth as a human being. And as for Mama, a practicing Christian, there's more. Worth cannot be diminished. And there is always something to love, because all are children of God. Heavenly Father knew that we would have trouble with this. Indeed, scriptures are full of commands to resist the human impulse to rank people and instead to see them as God does. Close quote. I recently attended a self-reliance emotional resiliency class held through my church, and I benefited so much from it. I recommend the class to all of you. You can find the manual for it on the LDS Tools app and at thechurchofjesuschrist.org. Here are some quotes they compiled in that manual. Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, Much of the confusion we experience in this life comes from simply not understanding who we are. It is my prayer and blessing that when you look at your reflection, you will be able to see beyond imperfections and self-doubts and recognize who you truly are, glorious sons and daughters of Almighty God. Boyd K. Packer said, You are a child of God. He is the father of your spirit. Spiritually, you are of noble birth, the offspring of the King of Heaven. Fix that truth in your mind and hold to it. And Dallin H. Oaks reminds us, Be careful how you characterize yourself. Don't characterize or define yourself by some temporary quality. The only single quality that should characterize us is that we are a son or daughter of God. That fact transcends all other characteristics, including race, occupation, physical characteristics, honors, or even religious affiliation. And Spencer W. Kimball says, You are unique, one of a kind, made of the internal intelligence which gives you claim upon eternal life. Let there be no question in your mind about your value as an individual. The whole intent of the gospel plan is to provide an opportunity for each of you to reach your fullest potential, which is eternal progression and the possibility of godhood. Close quotes. <laughs> I've told this story in earlier episodes of when I first started to understand my worth when I was pregnant with my first baby and I was so sick. I was tired, nauseous, depressed, and I felt worthless. What was my worth if I couldn't make meals or go shopping or keep the house tidy or do laundry or get up and take a shower? I felt abandoned and like something had gone wrong. This wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Had God made a mistake? Had he failed me? Absolutely not. It was through this difficult time I began learning an important truth that's changed my life. Was my worth based on what I could or couldn't do? No. Is your worth based on what you do or don't do? No. Our worth never changes. We are loved by God always and forever and no matter what. I could lay on the couch for the rest of my life and do absolutely nothing and my worth would not change. Or I could get up and do and say horrible things to myself or others and my worth would not change. He still loves me and you. If I accomplish many things, if I make a lot of money, if I show up with love, I'm still not worth more. Elder Dieter Fuchtor says, We cannot gauge the worth of another soul any more than we can measure the span of the universe. Every person we meet is a VIP to our Heavenly Father. Once we understand that, we can begin to understand how we should treat our fellow men. Close quote. So why do anything then? 
If our worth never changes and Christ has made all things right and we are a VIP and all that, why does it matter what we do? Our obedience to God and our repentance when we fail does not change our worth. It just changes our results, our experiences. And it's how we show God we love him. God asks us to love him with our might, might, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves, even if, and especially when it's hard. Not because he needs us to, but because he knows that when we choose to love him and love each other, then we will experience joy in this life and life to come. Spencer W. Kimball quoted Elder Orson F. Whitney when he said, The Father of our spirits, God, is perfect, has all per- power, and knows all things. He loves each of us, and our progress is his work and glory. His plan for us is to grow and change until we become like him. He allows us to be challenged, and if we respond in faith, the Lord will strengthen us and help us grow to become more like him. Being emotionally resilient helps us to be patient and grow from the, these challenges. No pain that we suffer... No trial that we experience is wasted. It ministers to our education, to the development of such qualities as patience, faith, fortitude, and humility. All that we suffer and all that we endure, especially when we endure patiently, builds up our characters, purifies our hearts, expands our souls, and makes us more tender and charitable. And it's through sorrow and suffering, toil and tribulation that we gain the education that we came here to acquire. End quote. One last quote from Elder David A. Bittner. As sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, we have been blessed with gifts of moral agency, the capacity for independent action and choice. Endowed with agency, you and I are agents, and we are to act, and not just be acted upon. To believe that someone or something can make us feel offended, angry, hurt, or bitter diminishes our moral agency and transforms us into objects to be acted upon. As agents, however, you and I have the power to act and choose how we will respond. End quote. Even when hard things happen, we still get to choose how we respond. Taking responsibility for how we react brings peace and power. But no matter how you respond, you are priceless. Your worth doesn't change. Your actions change your experience and your results, not your worth. This is Christina Stead. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and a disciple of Jesus Christ. He loves you, he loves me, and he loves us. This is a podcast for parents ready to change their mind and change their lives. Don't believe me? It's just a thought.